This morning we sang, the first song we sang, we're marching to Zion, the beautiful city of God. I'm reading a little uh, piece from Pilgrim's Progress, and this is about a person heading to that city on high, that city out in the distance. <clears throat> and this is the guy that had just started out on his journey, and I'll read a little bit in the beginning. So this can be somebody in the church, or this could be our church. As Christian was, and his name is Christian, this guy's name is Christian, for those that don't know Pilgrim's Progress. As Christian was walking alone, he saw one coming across the field toward him. This was Mr. Worldly Wiseman, who lived in the town of Carnal Policy, a town not far away from Christian's home. He had heard of Christian leaving home in search of an unseen country and had an inkling of who he was. When they met, Mr. Worldly Wiseman began the conversation. How are you, my good fellow? Whether bond you in this burdened manner? Burden indeed, is what Christian said, as much as any poor creature can be. And since you ask, I'm going to that little gate yonder before me, for there I am informed I shall be directed in what way to get rid of my burden. Worldly Wiseman asks, Do you have a wife and children? Christian says, Yes, but I am so troubled of late that I cannot enjoy them as I once did, and I feel as if I have none. Worldly Wiseman says, Will you listen if I offer you counsel? Christian said, If it's good, I will, I will for indeed I need good counsel. Worldly Wiseman said, when I, Then I would advise you to assert yourself and throw off that burden at once, for you will never be settled in your mind until you do, nor can you enjoy the blessings of God has given you as long as you carry that burden. Christian said, Well, that is what I'm seeking, to be rid of this heavy burden, but I cannot get it on my mind. And there's no one in my country who can take it off for me. Therefore, I'm going this way, as I told you, that I may get rid of it and be happy and free. Worldly Wiseman said, who told you to go this way to find deliverance from your burden? Christian says, a man who appeared to be wise and good. His name was Evangelist. Worldly Wiseman said, Evangelist? I hope he's punished for that such advice. There is not a more dangerous and troublesome way in the, uh, in the world than this way into which he has directed you. Okay. Um, I will be, and Jesus said, um, narrows, narrows the gate, and that's basically what he's referring to, and there's only going to be a few that find it, and today I'll talk a little bit about that, but in the beginning here, I'm going to talk about the children of Israel, and uh, their, their way to find God, Okay. So I'll be reading in, in Exodus chapter 19, and this is, the, this is Israel after they had left the land of uh, Egypt, and they were about three months into uh, leaving their captivity, all right? So they had seen God work mightily in their, uh, in their leaving. So they were, they, were, they, were, they were fed up with everything. They were committed to God, and they were seeking God. They were, they were marching after Moses. And, and after God. So they had come out of, uh, they had seen God work a lot of things in their, uh, like if you think about all the miracles that happened in Egypt, what was it, 10 different things or something, uh, from uh, famine to all kinds of uh, fleas and, and locusts and whatever, crossing the Red Sea, bonds of people died, the Egyptians all died there, a lot of them did, soldiers, all that stuff. So these people had seen God work. There was a place in, the, in, the, in that uh, month, a couple months' time that the 
Israel complained to the Lord that they didn't have water to drink, and they, rather they were grumbling against the Lord. And so Moses hit the rock with, uh, with his staff, and out comes water. So they've seen some really clear things from God. And chapter 19 here, uh, I'm going to read a few verses here in chapter 19, the first nine verses. And I've titled my message, Endurance, Endurance in the Faith of Christ. All right? So this is just a thought to keep enduring. This is a process. This is a, this is a walk that we're on. We're not, we're not stepping into something and now we've reached it. We're, 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 we're striving. We're marching onward to Zion. So um, chapter 19, the first nine verses. In the third months after the children of Israel had gone out of the land in Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from Rephim and had come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, Tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you have indeed obeyed my voice and kept my covenant, you shall be a special treasure to me above all the people for all the people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be uh, to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and laid before them all the words which the Lord had commanded them. Then the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. All right? So they're committed all the way. They're all the way in, everything that God had commanded, and... Uh, they were uh, they were all in one voice. They were all all together to uh, commit it to to the Father, to God. And if you read the next few chapters, it talks a lot about all the things they were commanded to do. Then, and they were they were committed to that. I think they were were definitely uh, in their hearts. They were they were set on serving the Lord. And if you read, if you keep reading here, a few a uh, few chapters, uh, I'm trying to draw. I'm trying to draw from them how they acted, or how, what happened to them uh, in their in their journey towards God for our lives, right? So time goes on, and they're they're commanded. They're, they get the Ten Commandments. Moses goes up on the mountain and gets the Ten Commandments. A little while later, here, first they get all kinds of stuff. How to how things are to be built and where they're supposed to worship and all that. A little while later, uh, they get to Ten Commandments. And right there is where they already weren't very committed. That's when they make their own golden calf and they started serving something else. Their eyes were already going off, off the Father, off God, off of what Moses was teaching. And... That's really sad. That's why I pray that we can't be, that we're not deceived. It's terrible, but we as humans want to look around, see what's, what's here and now. Why, what are the nations doing around us? You know, what's the world doing? And it's important that we know the truth and stay with the truth. And we have that. We have, we have more than they did, actually. We have the history of Christ being here. They were looking forward to it. But that was already, that's already happened. And we have it easy. You know, we have it, we have it, they, they were required 
like in Romans where we were reading about where Paul's teaching to the church and the, and the people coming out of Rome, that the ones, the converts to the church, were people that believed the law. And so they knew this is a lot of, lot of work and stuff, a lot of stuff involved in order to reach God. And we have been redeemed or we have uh, been uh, set free so we don't have to do some of that stuff. Um, I'm going to go to the New Testament. <clears throat> and I'm going to read in the Sermon on the Mount a little bit. Matthew 7. Jesus uh, is beginning here in his ministry. And we know the, we know the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's a really... It's really a, a long teaching of what, what Christ is about, why Christ was here. Uh, he's teaching the people, and a lot of them were, were Pharisees. They knew the law and things like that. And, uh, uh, but there is, there is, a, there is uh, in these scriptures here in the Sermon on the Mount, <laughs> there's a lot of practical stuff in here, what a Christian does and doesn't do, right? But, uh, but Christ is teaching... Uh, he, he's teaching what it, what, it, what it means or how we, how we get before God, right? What he's all about. I'm going to read the first seven verses in uh, Matthew 7. Or I'm sorry, I'm going to read uh, verse 7 to, through 14. Seven verses, 7 through 14 in Matthew 7. And uh, uh, he, he had just got done talking about uh, judgment, and we, we covered some of that in Sunday school. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who seeks, who, for everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? For if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to get good gifts, Give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way who leads, which leads to life, and there are a few who find it. Okay, he's teaching, uh, in the beginning here, he was talking about judgment and being hypocrites. And it says that we should ask, and we will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And that's Jesus Christ. Um, verse 9, it says, or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. It says the father, uh, in verse 10, it says the father who is in heaven gives you good things to those who asks. All right? So if somebody, if we know how to give our son a stone, if he asks for one, how much more does our father in heaven give good things that uh, what we ask for? So that's just, I'm just bringing out that we need to seek we need to, and, and it promises that we will find, right? We can't just go step by step meandering without seeking, without searching. It's easy for me to do that. Come to church or just go meander, right? That's what, I think that's what it's teaching against. 
We need to seek, be, be uh, intentional. The Father promises to give it to us. I've prayed, we've prayed for a lot of things. We, we heard about answer prayer this morning. And there's some things that, uh, that we pray for that may not come that quickly. And Faith and I have prayed, been praying for a couple of years on a, on a matter that hasn't. But there's, but it's still happening. I, I still have faith. And I think that's what I'm calling us to do is to have faith in God, even though it takes a while. In our time, if it doesn't happen, sometimes it doesn't happen right away. It doesn't mean that God's not listening. You know, uh, 40 years in the desert is a long time. Imagine, I'd be like 80. <laughs> You know, that's a long time to be on a journey with God, but that's what this is. This is a journey. It's not a once you reach it and then we move on necessarily. You know, if we're repenting from sin, that's one thing. God can give us victory over sins and we can be, find deliverance for, uh, uh, we've heard, I've heard a bunch of testimony from deliverance from addictions and things like that. That's one thing that, it, but, but as far as uh, reaching and finding God to that, like Christian, we, he was going to that yonder city, the little gate, Far in the distance is what Pilgrim's Progress puts it. He had his eye on the distance. That's where he was headed. And I think Aaron alluded to that a little bit when we start focusing on things here instead of focusing on God. That's where trouble begins. Start looking around. All right? In John uh, chapter 14, verse 6, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's the gate to the Father. All right? That's that city. Um, that's where we're headed. So if you don't know, if you don't know, Christ said, uh, this is what Christ would say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you don't know Christ, the chances of reaching that city, reaching that place in heaven, is not happening for you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's how we come to the Father. All right? Um, I just, uh, in verse 12, uh, this is a side note, this is, uh, uh, verse 12 is the first uh, part of, uh, or is, is the golden rule. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Thinking about judgment, you know, how do you want to be judged and things like that. So, uh, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. All right. Um, verse 13 is is uh, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is uh, thirteen to fourteen. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way, who leads to life, and there are few who find it. Few, the few that find it are the ones that know Christ. Those are the ones. I don't think it's few in Christ that find it. It's all that in Christ that finds it. Everybody. He has, paught, he has paid for that. Read the Gospel of John. Christ has died for everyone. So the ones that accept that and know that, those are the ones that go through the narrow gate. The narrow gate is Christ. Right? Broad. You know, uh, we want to, maybe we want to get to God with our works. Do good. Look good. Act good. All that. Well, uh, I mean, obviously, a redeemed life, a follower of Christ, has works. There are works of the Spirit, works that come through. But to get to heaven on that is a, 
is, is I mean, that's what the Pharisees, that's why Jesus was here to talk to the Pharisees. They had a lot of works, but didn't get them there. An important one to me is in Romans verse 9 and 10, or verses 10, verses 9 and 10. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in him crucified. You shall be saved. I'm going to read the beginning of the uh, Sermon on the Mount here a little bit. Uh, the reason why we're here. Why once we're redeemed um, or we have accepted Christ, once our path to God, once we have are on that path, why are we here after that? So is, is our goal to know Christ and, and then belong to God? Matthew 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So I push back a lot on works and things like that, but it does have to do with works. Like I said, uh, it says in the, in the first couple of verses there before that, it says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify uh, your Father in heaven. So that's people in the church or around, right? People that do good, help the, uh, help the poor and give. And uh, um, Christ, Christ said in the end, people will say, well, when did we see you sick or poor or needy or all, all that? Those are the Christians. That, that's the light he's talking about. That's when you're doing that. That's the works that he's talking about when we do that. We're doing that stuff. So it has to do with works after we're redeemed. It has to do with a changed heart, relationship with God, right? Um, I'll read a couple of verses in Timothy, 2 Timothy. <clears throat> Paul, Paul was at the end. Uh, he was at the end of his life in, uh, in Timothy, and he was given a bunch of instructions to Timothy. Um, and this is uh, Timothy 4, chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Uh, and this is, this is something that I long to hear someday, right? Um, 7 and 8, it says, uh, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. It's talking about a path. It's talking about, uh, uh, well, he says a race, but I was thinking more of a journey. <laughs> But there are spots, you know, Paul's life was a race towards the end there. I mean, he was really on fire. He was committed. He wasn't out, he wasn't out working for his family. He wasn't doing that. He was, he was making a big difference in the world. And the world has changed because of what he wrote and the things he did. So, and I'm not saying ours can't be that. I'm not, or, but ours is obviously different, or mine is for sure. Because I work, I serve my family. But I'm not saying that it's any less more or any less important or more important. It's, uh, but we have different callings in our in our life. But I do uh, want to keep the faith. I have, I have uh, fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I've fought against evil. I've fought against the sin, my sinful heart. I've fought against my pride. 
and I've finished the race, I've kept the faith, I've endured. Uh, I thought about reading a little bit from uh, The Devil at My Heels by uh, Louis Zamberini, and that was a guy that was a soldier in World War II, I think, I forget, in one of the world wars, and he went down into ocean, and he, uh, uh, he was stuck, or him and three guys were survived, and they were floating on the ocean for about 46 or 48 days. And the way he kept the faith, or the way he kept his mind, was by repeating things he knew. And God didn't show up, help didn't show up, really. They were floating day after day after day after day, looked hopeless. Uh, but they were on a path, and in the end, help did come. And, but they, they held, he held to what he knew what was true. And most people will lose their mind. They give up and lose their mind. And I'm calling us to keep to what we know is true. Repeat things. Pray for things. And know, uh, know things that, are, that we've been taught. Right? Know things. If you don't see God moving today, but remember where, when he did move in your life. I've kept the faith finally. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on, the, on that day. And not to me only, but also who have loved his appearing. That's us. The people that are looking forward to Christ returning. I'd like to pray for us. Holy Father, thank you for each one that's here. Thank you, Father for all of us that have your holy word. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit that is here and that works in our hearts. Father, help us not to be deceived, but to grow by your word. And help us to obey, Father, what we know is true and right. And help us to work in your kingdom, Father. We know there's two kingdoms here. And help us to abide in the kingdom of God. Father, give us mercy where we fail. I pray that you give us the blessing of, of good faith and strong faith, Father. Help us to encourage each other and to grow as we walk daily and raise our families for you, Father. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.